0: Well, the wind is pretty cold out here, but it's worth it because this is an amazing science place. I'm really excited to be here at Fermi Lab. Hello everyone, welcome to another episode of the show about science. This is your host, Nate, and today we have driven an hour from Chicago to Batavia, Illinois, the home of Fermilab. What's inside? Well, let's go find out. So here at Fermilab, scientists are working to understand our universe. One of them is my guest today, Sasha.
1: My name is Sasha Rollin. I am a scientist at Fermilab and I work on a project called the South Pole Telescope. The South Pole telescope. Um, let's head this way. Sasha leads me into
0: a room that's shaped like a big geodesic dome.
1: So this is the lab where we do all of our detector testing, so Ooh. it's where we test all the equipment that goes into our telescope. You want to see some pictures? Sure.
0: On the wall, there's a big picture of the South Pole Telescope, so let me try to explain what it looks like to you. Alright, so... Basically, the South Pole Telescope is, like, a big telescope, like, not, no, but it has a big flap, which also has a camera stored into it, and the camera is a hexagon. Yeah. With a bunch of other mini hexagons in the center. Yep. Which all look like they light and photons and that sort of thing
1: that's exactly right (laughs) okay so uh, the camera is it's got 10 hexagonal wafers on it you're right about that Um, and each of the wafers uh, so if you look down here this other picture there's uh, the features on that each of those is one pixel so it's one detector and the way that the telescope works is that we're basically looking at the same part of the sky over and over again so we're making basically the same image and it's noisy so we when you make that same image over and over again you kind of average out the noise and you get a, a better a cleaner picture in the end so the thing that's cool to us is seeing like the first time that we put the camera together and we installed it in it a telescope and we the first time it looked at the sky that it was able to see like a source on the sky so we, there's a particular galactic source um that when we scan past it, we can see, like, it'll respond to that source. So that's how we know that the camera's working. And so that's always the coolest part of the project is getting everything installed and in place and looking at the sky and seeing, does it work or not? (laughs) And when you know it works, you're like, great, let's make some maps of the science data.
0: So, like, um... We talked about a camera, but what are you taking pictures of?
1: Uh, so, we study what's called the cosmic microwave background. And, so, do you know what the Big Bang is? Do you know what the Big
0: Bang is? Um, I think that was when the universe started.
1: Yeah, exactly. So, the universe appeared out of nothing. called a big singularity, so a huge gravitational energetic event. Lots and lots of energy released, and the universe expanded really, really quickly, and it was very, very hot. And as it expanded, it cooled, because that's how thermodynamics works. (laughs) Uh, And eventually it cooled enough that... So it started off as this really hot soup with Protons and electrons and particles all in one big hot soup with light photons. And as it cooled, the light was able to travel on its own without hitting anything else. And so that light that's left behind from just a couple hundred thousand years after the Big Bang is called the cosmic microwave background. I see. So it's like a baby picture of the universe. Baby picture of the universe. What it looked like Mm -hmm. when it was really, really young. Okay. And uh, the universe now is 13.7 billion years old. It's very, very old now. Okay. <laughs> so the other cool thing that we can learn from the Cosmic microwave background is what happened before it was emitted, very shortly after the Big Bang. So, fractions of a second. And theorists say that there was a period of really rapid expansion, which we call inflation, where the universe expanded faster than the speed of light. (laughs) So uh, nothing can actually move faster than the speed of light, but this is the universe itself, so the actual space-time expanding faster than light can get through it, which is a very weird concept to think of. (laughs) It makes no sense uh, when you understand that the speed of light is a constant and nothing can go faster than it. But the cool thing about this really early... Really fast expansion is that it leaves behind gravitational waves. Uh, I know you did an interview with Bob McNeese and he told you about black holes.
0: did, yeah. Yeah.
1: So, uh, <laughs> exactly, <laughs>
0: spaghettification.
1: Exactly, spaghettification. <laughs> so, these gravitational waves are basically like the kinds of gravitational waves that you see when black holes collide with each other, but they happen really, really a long time ago and on a much higher energy scale really huge black holes really huge energy like the ones
0: at the center of our galaxy bigger than that (laughs) all right so when they combine to make bigger black holes and then those combine
1: yeah sure maybe that's what happened but there's a huge gravitational effect and we can actually see the imprints of those gravitational waves on the cosmic microwave background when we image it it looks like a swirly pattern like a distortion in the image um, oh. And the amplitude, the size of that swirly pattern, tells us how big the gravitational waves were in the early universe. I That's really cool.
0: I've got a question. Yes. I'm not sure if you're going to know the answer, but how did the Big Bang happen?
1: We have no idea. Okay. There's all <laughs> kinds of theories about that. Um, there's some theories that say that there was another universe before ours, and there was a big crunch, and then this one kind of expanded out of it. There's other theories that say that we're just a bubble in a much larger multiverse. And so it's uh, just a bubble that kind of nucleates, that just forms in this big. uh, I think that what happened
0: was that there were like two big balls of energy. Uh huh. And then when they collided, they um, tore a rip in space time, creating the universe.
1: Sure. That's completely plausible. (laughs) Uh, I'm. I mean, yeah, probably someone has actually written down a theory like that. <laughs> <How> <laughs> um, and I'm not even, like, exaggerating this. There's any number of theories that can explain how the Big Bang came to be.
0: Why do you want to know this about the universe?
1: Okay, so the, what, we look, what we study when we are looking at the cosmic microwave background is the energy content of the universe and how it evolved from the Big Bang to now. So the universe is made up of stuff like you and me and all the stuff you see in this room, and that's called baryonic matter. And that actually we found out only makes up about 5% of the whole universe. Um, The rest of the universe is made up of what we call dark matter. It behaves like matter, it um, interacts gravitationally. It causes stuff to kind of want to pull into each other. Uh, That's about a quarter of the universe. I'm
0: gonna guess that the next one also has dark in it.
1: Yeah. Dark energy.
0: Which is the thing propelling the expansion of the universe continually.
1: Yeah. So the universe is expanding, and we can study that expansion over time, in part with the cosmic microwave background, and we've learned that the expansion is actually going faster. It's accelerating. Oh. And that is because the universe is made up now mostly of dark energy.
0: And so that's what the universe is made of. On that note, we left the geodesic dome and headed straight to Sasha's office. And there, I had to ask her one question. And it was kind of a big one. Why is this still relevant today?
1: Because the universe is still evolving. And it has changed a lot from what it looked like then. And if we can study how the universe has evolved since then and how it's evolving now, we might know how it ends, eventually, on <laughs> many billions of years from now.
0: All right. So, what do you have to say to you kids who might want to get involved with the cosmic microwave background?
1: Well, I would say there is a really, uh, there's a lot of really cool instrumentation out there. There's a lot of cool technology that we get to work with and you get to travel to really exotic places like the uh, Atacama Desert in Chile or Antarctica or Greenland, <laughs> really far away places and you get to study the really big questions like what is the universe made of? How? Why are we here? <laughs> right, that kids. level.
0: <laughs> we do not know this yet but I'm hoping that you'll be able to prove it. And the question is, how did the Big Bang happen?
1: It's <laughs> a good question. One day we'll know the answer. <laughs> yeah.
0: Thank you for being on the show.
1: Yeah, thank you for having me. It was really great to get to show you around. <laughs> Thanks. You're pretty well prepared for this. <laughs> <laughs> so are you. <laughs> Thanks. There you have it, folks.
0: The show about science is complete. Music on today's episode was produced by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder and by Sounds Like an Earful. Our theme music was composed by Jeff, Dan, and Teresa Brooks. Okay, Dad, you can shut the recording off.